what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 49, volume 3 of Big Fan, your number one podcast to listen to when you want to know everything about absolutely nothing. My name is Chad Easton. I'm a big fan of pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. I'm not a big fan of yoga. I am more or less into champagne. Hey, how about that? Wow. I, is that, was that, was that your three? Cause you know, we, we usually have a rule of three and that was brutal. I think there were maybe five in there, but I just got inspired by, you know, that song from the seventies, that pina colada song. So anyway, I just kind of felt like bringing it to the podcast today. Like just now we're inspired. Cause Not it literally didn't sound like, like there was song in that one. Yeah. Five minutes ago. So you're welcome. Hank. Okay. You're welcome. My name is Hank Eimer and I'm a big fan of the anticipation of the NFL season. Introducing a ping pong table into your home and dominating everyone that uh, lives there. And finally, the energy your dog has just after it's spent four days at the borders. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. You ever had that? You ever like you get back, you get back your dog. See, my dog stays with a uh, this kennel that um, trained her. And so she goes there and she gets, you know, she's boarded there and he works with her some. But uh, when she gets back, it is like she's on crack, man. You can't even handle her energy. She is tearing up the front yard. She'll run around like banging into bushes and stuff. I mean, I don't know what it is. I, you know, she's not real bright as it starts for a yellow lab, but uh, that energy, man, is contagious. Have you ever wondered, you know, I've dropped, we had to drop Koa off of the kennel a couple of weeks ago. We went to the beach for a week. I wonder what really happens in the kennel. I mean, I'm sure that they take very good care of these puppies, but because Koa comes back, like he'll look at us for a second, you know, and he'll, and I get this sense that he's like, thank God you're here to get me. You know, I just look at his face. He's just got that look upon his face. Like, have you just liked to be a fly on the wall at one of those little kennels and see how, like, what does your dog do all day in this kennel? You know what I mean? And he, you know, you yeah, they, they, bark, they talk. Yeah, they probably they talk to their boys. I mean, I think I think it's like, you know, like when you're in prison, you know, you're like, hey, hey, what you got over there? What's in your kennel? Is it cool? You got anything cool in there? Yeah. What you, what, did your mom do you with anything? I think they talk to one another. Yeah. I tell you, it's got to be it's got to be a uh, pretty nerve wracking to go from a quiet house. Sure. To being on concrete, getting barked at 24 seven. Yeah. Hey, man, I'll trade you three of these bones for three cigarettes. You know, I'm sure that the talk is just like that in the kennel. You know what I mean? Just like in prison. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for a towel to lay on. Anybody got a towel? <laughs> How about an old shoe? I really feel like chewing up an old shoe right now. Let me trade you yeah. something. <laughs> yep. um, you, got, you got that old You got that old bulldog that's been there for like three months. The owners are like in Europe, and he's like the wise one. 
I think we could do a Pixar movie like this. I think you're right. He wears a little, like a little, a pair of old spectacles. Yeah, you walk in, he looks very sagacious and wise. He's got glasses on. He might even be smoking a cigar when you walk in. I don't know, but he's he might in the little corner pen. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. He's got the outdoor He's got the big guy that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And right beside his pen, like it's a big German shepherd. And on the other side is like a Rottweiler and they're like his bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that little guy in there that keeps saying, Hey boss, Hey boss. <laughs> yeah. The little guy's got like a pen and a pad and he's already, sc always scribbling stuff that the boss says, dude, let's make a movie, Hank. Let's make a movie. Let's do it. What do we call it? Let's this? do it. We can call it like the dog pound or we can, you know, something, something cool like that. Snoop can be one of the voices of the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cell block one or something. We'll do something good. Oh, and it's all about them getting out. When they get back, all they want to be back is friends again and be back in the kennel. Cause that's when they were boys and now they're spread out all over the country. Love it, man. We just came up with this right off the cuff. This is brilliant. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, we've got listener base. Somebody may take this somewhere further than us. So, yeah, you know, we never know. Yeah, you never know. I'm sure John Mark's going to be right on this. Uh, he's going to be sending it to producers in Hollywood just before we know it, buddy, before we know it. Um, so you also mentioned I can't in wait. your intro, you know, that you got a new ping pong table. Now, that's pretty big for the neighborhood. I know the neighborhood that you uh, roll in. There's a couple ping pong tables scattered throughout uh, a few homes there anyway. Are you getting this ping pong in your house so you can work on your skills so you can dominate the neighborhood? Well, you know, we when we renovated our our master bedroom bathroom, we knocked down a wall in our basement so we could put, you know, more space for kids to play around and mess around. And uh first thing, only thing we thought about getting was a ping pong table. You know, that's that's like crowd favorite. It's something Reagan can play, me and Harris can play. And so we set that thing up and Harris has been pretty uh, adamant about having these games late at night and you wouldn't believe um, how competitive they get, but it won't be long. I'm sure till he puts me uh, in some deep water, but it isn't today. I can tell you that much. So you're dominating some six, six uh, graders right now. You just killing them. Yeah. Oh, just killing them. You don't, you don't want to mess with me right now. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Um, so is it tell me a little bit about yeah, the ping pong it, table. I've seen some different variants, variations of ping pong tables. You got your real ghetto one where your the the net will fall down if the ball just hits it, or you've got your real high class, sophisticated ones that are, you know, they're just beautiful. They're like Olympic trial size. They're the real deal. Holy field ping pong tables. Where does yours fall in? Are you ghetto? Or are you let's like go somewhere in the middle? You're right in the middle. Let's go somewhere. We're, we we got the one that they carry at Academy. Yeah. So I went on a website and there were some on there that were like, you know, three grand. They're <laughs> not getting introduced to my house. I can tell you that much. Yeah, right, no, so no. we got one that was, uh, uh, I, I think my neighbor has the exact same one. And uh, just something that's going to, uh, I'm sure, take a beating down there because really and truly we're in that room down there to be, uh, boy proof, which, you know, no rooms boy proof, but, um, to take a little beating and I'm sure between Harris and Max and JB and all those knuckleheads that'll be down there, it's going to get beat up quite a bit. But you know, the funny thing is, is our neighbors across the street, like I've told you are really, you know, they're really handy. You know, there's, you know, Charlie and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and Tish, they're like 
very design oriented, great. Uh, so for Christmas this year, Max made Harris his own paddle. Oh, and cool. it is leather. It's leather covered. It is sweet. And so, uh, you know, we've got those things on display down there. It's going to be, I mean, I, I'd like to get you down there. Cause I know you like, you, uh, you like to get around a ping pong table every once in a while. I do, man. I do. I'd love to come down there and check it out. Um, uh, maybe we can do that soon and maybe we can involve some, uh, NFL football, Hank, because you know, here's the segue into our sports section of the week. NFL football season starts this Thursday. We're coming to you on Wednesday, September the 9th. Football starts tomorrow, Thursday, September the 10th, between the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, your Super Bowl champions, against the Houston, Houston Texans. So I don't know if you got my text earlier, Hank, but I'm trying to organize maybe all the Hickory folks who are participating in the fantasy football leagues to come together for one Thursday night for, for the game and all be together and talk your bull and, uh, and watch the game and have some fun. I didn't get a response from you whether that you can make it to the festivities on the Thursday night grand opening. What do you say here now in front of the whole world on the big fan podcast? Will you be there for opening night, Hank? I won't. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You can, uh, you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Friday morning, I have to get up very early, very early, and I have to meet a group of young men uh at a parking lot and we're going to divide into two vans and we start on a race saturday morning at 9 15 we are going to be running from grayson highlands virginia to Asheville, which is 209 miles and we are going to run for about 24 hours so i need my cp and i need my liver to function correctly so uh i will not be meeting you because I will tell you a funny story, Chad. Even if I, if I get to that party and I say, I'm not going to have a beer and I'm leaving by 930, you won't let that happen. You won't, you can't let that happen. No. You will not let that happen. Refuse. I'll tell you even a little story I have. This past weekend, I was talking to a good friend of ours and I said, hey man, what's up? He's like, oh, I really miss you not running with us on Saturday morning. I said, yeah, I didn't really want to get up that early. He said, yeah, I didn't want to early either. I went to bed late last night. And I said, what? What are you talking about late? And he was like, yeah, well, I went out to dinner with Scott and Courtney, Chad and Jennifer. I said, that's all you have to say. That's all you had to say right there. Chad was involved. So now you got a problem. And he said, sure enough, I had a problem. Well, this gentleman that you're referring to, yes, we stayed up not crazy late. We, I don't know what, what it is, Hank. If I'm in a group of folks, I just end up want to stay up and hang and listen to some music. I'm, I'm glad that he did. He was able to make the run. And let's stay on this run because this is so interesting to me. This sounds like absolute hell to me that you guys are going to run 200-plus miles in the mountains where the altitude is high. And you have done this several years in a row, right? And been quite successful. If yeah, we remember correctly. Yeah, six. Or, we've done it probably six or seven times, and we, yeah, we usually have a pretty good showing. And this year, with with the lack of people doing it, I mean, there's probably I don't know how many teams, but there's significantly less now, and um, we have a good chance of winning it this year. So, um, wow, pressure's on. Pressure's on. Tell our audience who might be new to the big fan, because I know you've described this race before, like how many people, how many legs, how do y'all break it up? You know, someone determines who runs what. It's pretty interesting to me. Go ahead and tell our audience about that race. 
So there's there's uh, 12 of us, and there's 36 legs. You can you can bring six guys if you want, um, but most of the teams are broken up into 12, so everybody gets three legs. You run. We start at 9:50, and we'll be done right after noon on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, what what you do is the first van starts at leg one. That guy will have a predetermined leg, and he'll run his leg, then pass this snap bracelet off to the next guy he'll run the next leg and it goes down and so when those six guys get finished they meet the other six in the other van and they start their legs then van one goes and leapfrogs to the their last stage you eat you lay down you kind of listen to some music you take a break and then once you get about 30 minutes away from hearing them then you got to get set and get ready to run again. So there's not very much sleep. If you get any, you get about, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe two, three hours. Um, but, you know, by leg three. So I'll tell you, my legs that I run, um, my first one is 4.8 miles, and it's pretty moderate. My next one is 2.9 easy, and my last one is 7.7 hard. And that 7.7. Seven hard will probably be about 4.30 in the morning in the dark with a headlamp on running up a hill. Mm. I know the answer to this, but I think this is an interesting story our audience would like to hear. What's the possibility of someone kind of, because it's let's say it's 4.30 in the morning, you know, you're running by yourself, right? I mean, sometimes you might see somebody else, but most of the time you're by yourself, correct? Nine times out of 10, you're by yourself. So what if you're like running and all of a sudden you're like, where in the hell am I supposed to go? I mean, is there a chance? Is it are the are the trails marked, you know, accurately, or is there a chance that you could really get turned upside down and run in the wrong direction for hours? Is that a possibility? Yeah, we've we've had we've had guys on our team run uh, out of the way, you know, miles and have to turn back around and come back to it. But yes, so they should be marked. They put out signs with um, pointer arrows and lights on them and stuff. But people want to be funny steal them, you know, throw them, hit them with their car. They do all kinds of stuff. And so you have to kind of know what you're doing before you get out there because they do have like, all right, my first run, my first run has 12 turns in it. And so you got to figure out, you got to know which turns, you know, you need to take, but they do a really good job at marking uh, where you have to go. But, you know, some, some of these are dirt roads, some of these have dogs barking. Oh, wow. um, you know, down the road, all you have is your headlamp. You start thinking, you know, there could be a bear that pops out here any minute. You just, you know, you start to mind mess yourself up quite a bit. A man with my sense of direction in this race could easily end up maybe like, a, you know, at Carowinds. I mean, I could end up <laughs> <laughs> racing this race because, you know, I get lost just in my neighborhood that I have lived in for my entire life. So I want no part of this race. I am curious. And I've, I've heard a story about this. So after you guys, you know, you sweat, you're laying around, you're eating cliff bars, drinking gator, whatever y'all do and take off your shoes and your socks, you're sweaty and you're in this van and you're all together. I mean, give me a sense of kind of the smell that is uh that permeates this van as you are in it. And when you open the door, do you say, Oh, thank God I am out of this, this, this hell hole. It is. Uh, it's a good, that's a great question because it is amazing 
how disgusting this van gets because wait, imagine, okay, during the day. Okay. So I'm going to throw a couple of different things at you during the day. You're going to be running. I get done. You kind of have to quickly get in the van to go to the next stop because when you get done running, your next guy starts running. And so you're gasping for air. You're trying to get your stuff right. You jump in the van soaking wet. Okay. And this is first thing, right? You're, you get in there and you drive to where you got to meet him, the next guy. So then you try to change. All of us have a kind of a system. We use a, uh, a gallon Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and we will all of our clothes from the run, put them in a gallon Ziploc bag, which is awesome when you come back home and have to take them out and put them in directly in the washing machine. Oh Lord. But you know, we all do that, but you're using a towel to just pretty much dry off sweat to get into your next clothing, mm-hmm. right? To get into your clothes. And um, I got to tell you, it's pretty gross. The worst part of this is we've done it plenty of years when it rains oh. and you add the level of stink and grit oh. and wet. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of, you know, in the mountains you get, you know, in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's cold. Dude, it's, it, it can marinate and stink yeah. pretty awful. Can only imagine, man. Yes, can yeah. only imagine. Well, good you, luck to your yeah, team. You can't, you can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, I just think about the smell of of, of stinky shoes. Like all your stinky shoes in one van. Oh, that is enough to make you know someone you know, yeah, throw up. I guess. I mean, has it any and at yeah. any point come to that where you're like, LT, your shoes smell so terrible right now. We're gonna have to hang these out the window of the van. There's been plenty of times and LT is the worst. I mean, he's just smells disgusting as yeah. it is. Yes. And so, and, but yes, there are plenty of times where hats that people wear, yeah. they'll have a hat that just stinks mm. and they want it in the van. Like, we got to hang this thing on. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, good luck with the race. Good luck with your, uh, your nose and deflecting any really terrible odors that could cause you bodily harm. So when you say you guys are the favorite, you know, what, what is the best you've ever finished before in this race? I think, I, not knowing exactly, I think we've been in the top 10 before, wow. at least the top 15. Um, but there's always these teams that are like the Asheville team and the um, the Charlotte team are both, uh, these guys are like running, you know, crazy, like six minute miles, you know, the throughout most of their legs. And so, you know, there's these upper echelon teams, the top five teams that just kind of run away with it. Uh, no pun intended, but um, none of the teams are running this year. So um, we get our chance to maybe be up on top. Wow. And if you are the champion, what do you get? Like uh, one big a trophy of a big smelly shoe or is it like a, what is it? Is it a heavyweight belt, a ring? What do, what do you get for winning or is it just pride? I think you, I, I think you get um, a pat on the back and a dry, a very seepy drive home from Asheville. Yes, I can imagine. The worst part is, I can tell you right now, you you don't you ran you know say anywhere from fourteen to twenty four miles. You haven't had any sleep. You haven't eaten anything. And usually at the end of this run, they have a beer for you. You know, you get a beer or two in you. You're driving home. It's you know those cartoons where they have like the toothpicks in their eyes and they snap so heavy yes that, that's that's what it's like man it's hard to drive home those days buddy so what do you do what's the first thing you do when you get home you pull into your driveway you get home 
you pet your dog, you kiss your wife, say hello to your kid. What do you do? Like, do you go get food? Do you just lay on the couch? What is the first thing you do? Take a shower. Take a shower, yeah. First, take a shower. Take a shower and you take those clothes downstairs and you put them in the washing machine and you say, I'll deal with you later. Yes. And, uh, but yes, you go home, take a shower and do all those other things. High five the dog, yeah. kiss the wife, yeah. kiss the kid, you know, all those things. <laughs> right, right. Well, good, maybe, man. Maybe one year, hey, maybe one year you can come with us. Um, no, man, I am not a runner. Hank, I am not a runner. Um, that sounds like a terrible, when y'all describe the race to me, it sounds like one of the worst things that I would ever think about doing. So I would like just to kind of go up there and maybe heckle people. Maybe I could sit on the trail with my music in my cooler and, you know, as someone runs by, you know, you know, wave to them or shoot some beer on them. I don't know, you know, something fun like that. Hey, we go right through Blowing Rock. Maybe that's something you can do one year. Perfect. I love this idea. I love this idea. Yeah. Well, um, well, good luck to you and your team. Um, I do want to, before we move on to the, uh, the new stuff on our big fan podcast today, I did want to review something that happened to me a couple weeks ago. So it was my anniversary. You know, I told, I kind of went through the things that I was planning to do for Jennifer and our anniversary dinner. And I was leaving right after we got off the podcast. I was actually, I was actually going there to set all set it all up. So uh, just for everybody's information, it went without a hitch. It was an awesome, awesome night. So I set up those those two rooms like it was our first date. And then I had all this memorabilia of the first, you know, concert we went to. And I had posters of the first movies we went to and all this stuff. So she was very surprised. Uh, the, the service level was impeccable at Cafe Rule. Shout out to uh, Rob Lackey and his crew over there. And the food was magnificent. And at the very end, uh, you know, my my Will, my our good buddy, brought my kids to to for the finale of the night. Jennifer had no idea we're getting ready to eat dessert. And I said, you know, I got one more surprise for you. You know, you know, we've been together through a lot of things, but the two best things we ever did are gonna walk right through that door. And then they walked through the door, brought in the dessert, and we just capped off a just a fantastic evening. It was wonderful. Hey, it's it's anniversary presents like that that will allow you to uh, continue to uh, be married to such a wonderful woman. So good work. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but right after the anniversary dinner, I had to leave the next morning to go to my fantasy football draft in Charleston. So she was really, really just happy as heck with me for a solid 24 hours. And it rubbed it soon went away as I loaded up my car and said, adios, I am going for the weekend. So that part, you know, did not go very well. But up until then, it was probably the best anniversary ever. You know what I mean? Best. You're the best. The best. The best ever. So uh, that Charleston trip, I haven't had a chance to talk to you much about, Hank. It was another one for the record books. We had uh, such a wonderful time. One of our friends rented out this multi-million dollar house right on the water in Isle of Palms. And so it had a pool and we're literally, you know, you're sitting on that third deck on top and you're looking out over the whole ocean. And I'm with like 14 of my best college buddies of all time. And so we just had a phenomenal time. The one thing that I did think was weird though, and it's a little bit different in South Carolina than it is in North Carolina. So the bars and everything had to close at 11, which was not a big deal because we didn't really go to bars because we kind of just stayed to ourselves. But uh, like the golf pro shops, they were all closed. You know, you couldn't go in like we played golf. 
So you'd have to check in with the golf cart guy and the golf cart guy would give you the keys to go in. But they had, you know, all the pro shops locked up, all the restaurants and bars at all the golf resorts completely closed. Anyway, it was just odd. You couldn't do the stuff that you normally do because the th everything was closed. It was wild, man, right. as well. But oh, still had a great, great time. The company and the house that we were staying in was pretty remarkable. So that was my last fantasy football draft. Thank God, because I could not do another one. I would need to, you know, check into Betty Ford or something if I had another one. But um, that leads us to our next, you know, our topic of conversation. Our fantasy leagues start this Thursday. It's our first weekend. Thank, you know. Your team, we looked at it on paper. It looks terrible. Once again, you know, you'll probably win three to four games tops. However, do you have a shining star as you look at me on FaceTime right now with this very puzzled look? Do you have a shining star that you can tell our audience who might have not had their draft yet or they're contemplating who to start this weekend? Who are your three shining fantasy stars for the year? First off, let me tell you something. I think my team looks pretty good. There's teams, there's years that I can look you in the face and I can say, hey, this is going to be a down year. But I really am amazed. Let me tell our, our people this out there. Chad has made it a, a mission every time we have a draft to go through every team and talk about how terrible they are or how good they are. And if they're going to make the Super Bowl and, or if they're not going to make the Super Bowl. And uh, I, there's only obviously six that can go to the playoffs. And he'll pick 10 out of the 12 teams that won't go to the playoffs. <laughs> and the only two are like his and his brothers. And Jeremy never goes to the playoffs. Funny. So I, I don't even want you to start with my team being terrible. We'll see. Hey, we're going to go head to head, I'm sure. Are you in my division? That's why we play. No, the question is, are you in? My division. I'm the champ. It runs through the champ. All right, buddy? That's where we start. So if you're fortunate enough to be in my division, which you probably don't because you will lose, but we are going to meet face-to-face, head-to-head, and we will see who the better fantasy football player is, my friend. Well, we're going to see something. I can tell you that. You know, I when you talk about, like, best – you know, pickups and stuff like that. You know, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a great year. He should because he's the number one pick, right? Yeah. I mean, he should. Yep. Yeah, he should be incredible this year because he's he's the number one pick. Why wouldn't he have a great year? But I also think that um, one person that's not going to have – I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a great year, especially after he signed that big contract. I, I don't. I, it never works out for a guy. I th I'm kind of surprised, you know uh, – I, he's going to be one of the you know the top ones picked. I would have stayed away from him. I think that that's kind of a, an interesting pick. I think a lot of guys got um, in trouble with Kamara, you know, because he's now um, not going to sign. I think Carolina's DJ Moore is going to be a great pickup for somebody. Yeah. I think he's going to have a, a great season. Um, so I mean, I think he's going. To, I think the Anderson kid for um, Robbie Anderson for Carolina is going to be a good pickup. Let, um, let's stay right you know, there. I'm sorry. Let's stay right there with the Panthers. You know, we're in Panther country here. Uh, wow. Do you think the Panthers, Vegas predict projects them for five wins? Do you think that they're going to be better than a five win football team this year? You know, it all rests on uh, old Teddy Bridgewater, right? Yeah. I mean, 
in that who's going to get the start for them. Oh, I yeah, think that, that they got weapons. Mm -hmm. I, they got weapons around them. I think they should win more than that. Um, but it's only if he if he plays well. I mean, with Christian McCaffrey and some of these receivers around him, I mean, I, I think they're better than that. Yeah, they've got a new coaching regime that came in, Matt Rule, so replacing Ron Rivera. And supposedly Matt Rule, even though Rivera was a hell of a coach, this guy's bringing a new philosophy, a new energy to the team. So I really feel – I'm not going to say they're going to compete to go to the playoffs because they're not a playoff team, but I think they can win seven games. I think they've got that in them. So anyway, uh, out of curiosity, Hank, the first game is this weekend, and the game is at Carolina. And guess who Carolina's playing? Have you seen the schedule? Who's that? The Las Vegas no. Raiders, your team. And the game is at Carolina. If you could, I, I don't even think they're allowing uh, spectators in the stadium, I don't believe. But if you had a ticket, would you go to that game? With, you mean if there was zero COVID? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm talking about with circumstances as they are right now. Would you risk – and let's say let's say the Carolina no. um, you know, management team said we'll let 20% capacity into the stadium for this game, and you had a ticket, and you were – able to go would you say all right harris reagan we're packing up the family truckster and we're rolling to charlotte panther stadium no you and and you know to, for the reason why we talked about it earlier you know the the risk doesn't um you know fit the reward uh you know we've all been to great games you know i've i've we've all watched the uh football games we watched basketball games and I've been to a final four and sometimes the best seat is in your house. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. Um, under these circumstances, I wouldn't want to go. I love watching a live game too. Um, but with, uh, you know, with some of the, the reasons to be cautious, I, I wouldn't go just yet. Yeah. I'm with you. Me either. Cause I mean, now that people have this, the ticket, you know, on the NFL network and so you can watch every game right on the most comfortable spot in the entire house and beers don't cost you 12 bucks. they cost you just, you know, 43 cents grabbing it out of your refrigerator. So I'd much rather watch a game from home, especially with what's going on. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Um, before, we, yeah. before we leave the NFL, so you have a Super Bowl pick. Like it's, The season hasn't even started yet, and we're talking about the Super Bowl, Hank, here in February. Two teams, who do you think meet from the AFC and NFC in the Super Bowl 2021? I think the favorites, you know, the Chiefs are still the the AFC or the AFC favorite, right? Yeah, the Ravens and the Chiefs, they share the favorite tag right now as we speak. Yeah, so I mean I think that the um I think that the Chiefs are um I mean I, I think that they still are riding kind of that high. They still got all their pieces to the puzzle kind of um there I think that they're probably the the ones that you're you're probably going to see. Um, I think you know it's going to be interesting. To th I don't think that they're going to be have a shot, but it's going to be interesting to see what New England does this year in the AFC. You know, I mean, I think that it's going to be an interesting year for them um, to see kind of what they uh, what they do this year because Cam feels like he's uh, he's going to do something special, but I don't know if he's going to. 
Um, I've got this weird feeling that Cam is going to excel. I don't know why I feel that he's going to do well there. I, I mean, he's just an extraordinary athlete, and he's got Bill Belichick behind him right now. I feel like New England will make – there'll be a playoff team, and Cam will have a, a, a solid year. Um, as for the NFC, Hank, who do you have there coming out? I mean, you want to say that the Cowboys could do it, but I don't think Dak can pull that off. Right. Um, I don't think uh, Brady can do it in his first year, and that would be amazing if he did. Right. I, I'd like to see the Saints do it one more time. I think they've got the talent to do it. I think San Francisco's the favorite, right? They are. But I really yeah. like that Saints pick. I can see a Saints-Chiefs or Saints-Ravens Super Bowl because, to be quite honest, Breeze – you know, this might be his last hurrah, and that team is—you know—they that city loves Drew Brees, and you know he might hang him up after this year. So I'd like for him to go out, you know, with a, a Super Bowl opportunity at least in his last, you know, one of his last right. years. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So I think I, I'm going with the Chiefs, Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ravens, Saints, and let's see what happens. It's funny, you know. Can you believe that actually football is here? Like I, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking. They're never going to play. There's no way they're going to play. But now all of a sudden, holy cow, it starts tomorrow night. You know, it is actually it's actually here, which is just amazing to me, um, as well as college football. Big college football weekend starts Saturday. You know, you, you can't go to the games or do anything. What wouldn't it be fun? Think about this. And we should do this. You know, LR is not having any games. They canceled their season. I wonder if we could still go out to the LR fields and someone bring their little TV or their, you know, the TVs, uh, the satellite TVs or whatever, and we actually still tailgate because half the fun on a Saturday of going to a game is tailgating. Shoot, it might be 75% of the fun because I rarely even go into the game to watch it. Don't you think that would be awesome if we could get a group and let's have a tailgate party for college football on a Saturday, you know, here in the near future? Yeah, let's do it. We can – I think tailgating uh, for anything is is awesome. Let's uh, let's figure out what we can tailgate. If we can tailgate one of your daughter's dances, let's do it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, I don't mind. Let's let's figure it out. Let's let's tailgate. Yeah, we like to tailgate here. There is no doubt. Um, before we and so that that that's good segment on our NFL and our fantasy football. But you know, we didn't touch base on Harris's baseball. They're a wrap, right? And everything went well for the season. Everything went well. We won our last tournament. We we actually just started practice back up, and we got fall baseball starting now. So we took a couple weeks off. We're going to start fall baseball. We'll only play four times in the fall, um, and then we play, you know, eight soccer matches or so yeah. um, in the fall. Doesn't look like they're going to have basketball, although um, – I think some of these kids in this age group, they may play in Granite Falls. You may want to, uh, you know, uh, Lucy Rose may fall in this. I think Granite Falls rec is going to um, maybe play. And so uh, we may travel up there because if not, we're going to, you know, say, hey, maybe this winter is going to be um, a chance to go skiing or an opportunity to do something that we don't normally do because we're usually playing indoor soccer and we're usually playing basketball. So we'll sure. see. Sure. How you guys fall sports yep lucy rose's uh soccer get ready kick into gear um and her dancing already kicked into gear four hour days brah start it started last monday so she goes there at four and comes home at 8 15 dancing straight dancing i'm like whoa wow she got soccer tuesdays and thursdays mixed in from 7 to 8 30 so yeah it's been a busy uh busy start to everything Lu- olivia right now 
contemplating practices in soccer because she's a little bit worried about the virus. So we talked to her, talked to her coach and her coach was like, Hey, she doesn't need to come until she's absolutely ready. And uh, so that's where we are right now with that. But I think maybe when things go to phase three, which hopefully with, you know, it will go soon, she'll get back uh, with the team and everything will be uh, back to normal again. So, you know, uh, much love and much praise for all these coaches and all these referees that are going to be out there to help these kids, even though it's not, you know, it's could still be dangerous. They're still out there helping and supporting our, our kids. So uh, I, I appreciate them greatly and uh, good best of luck to all the kids too. And, and best health and safety uh, to everyone. Just wear your mask when you're supposed to abide the social distance rules when you can, and we'll get out of this mess. There's no, no doubt about that in my mind. All right. Yeah, I actually um, received an email today with kind of interesting the, the rules that the parents and kids are going to have to live by when they're playing. You know, when we go to an event, you have to sit in your car until your match starts. Then one, and this is before September 21st, one parent gets to get out and watch in a designated area where the other parent would have to sit in the car. Now, I can tell you what's probably going to happen in our household. Reagan Imer is going to say, why don't you go ahead and be that guy? Right. Because I'm going to go watch my baby. Right. <laughs> right. Do they – but you can't be around other parents, though, right? Like when you say a designated area, yeah. so you kind of would need to stand kind of – you're not with groups of parents watching the game by any means, right? That's gone. No, I think I think they're going to have like – you know, yours is going to be the – this behind, you know, this sideline from here to there. And they'll want you to social distance and kind of, you know, stay from each other. But, you know, with one parent, you know, say you have, you know, 12 kids, you're only going to have 12 parents sitting right there. So, um, you know, it's difficult for, you know, especially if you had a family of four kids, you know, you're not going to keep those four kids in the car while the other Johnny plays. Right. So you're going to have a lot of people missing out games or making decisions where they want to go and who they want to go with. And, so, you know, it's it's going to be different. It definitely will be different. And if you're on the bench after you got done playing, you've got to wear a mask. No kidding. So coaches have to wear masks the yeah. entire game. Kids have to wear masks. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, it will be. Uh, so, again, safe and everybody say safe and healthy when we get all these seasons started. I'm sure we're going to get through it all. Hank, this gives us a perfect time to thank our sponsor, Time Genies, Hank. Take it away. Time Genies. Yes, um, they are a concierge errand service, which helps professionals, companies, individuals get things done around their household, their um, uh, their places of business uh, that need to get done, but they don't have either the manpower or the ability to do them. So they are um, a perfect company to kind of supplement some of this help you need. So um, you can go to time-genies.com. That's www.time-genies.com. And, um, you know, get them involved in getting done some of the stuff that you've wanted to get done. It doesn't matter if it's personal, if it's business related. These are the people that you can call on. So um, give them a call. If nothing else, go look at their website. You can learn more about them there. Thank you, Hank. And thank you, Time Genies. All right, Hank, last weekend was Labor Day. Any uh, awesome festivities, parades, any cool thing that you did to celebrate uh, the Labor Day weekend? We went up to the mountains and we, um, 
we're doing some work on the mountain house. And what we ended up doing is my brother-in-law, Carson, and I decided that we needed to move the fire pit. So from one area near our driveway up to this other area to give more seating because it just wasn't adequate seating where we had it. So we um, we decided to move it and um, break it in two evenings, if you know what sure. I mean. You know, we uh, we started a fire. We um, had some fellowship. We had some fluids. Yes. Yes. We uh, we even named it. We even named it. Um, so the new fire pit name is going to be Taiwan on Taiwan on. And is there an interesting spelling to Taiwan on? <laughs> well, that's funny. You should ask. I think we're going to do it. Uh, spell it as you would spell uh, Taiwan and then just on. Uh, we want a destination more than anything, more than a mindset. So it's going to be Taiwan. How fun. On. So let's say you're in the kitchen and you might say, hey, Carson, feel like going to Taiwan today? And you just walk up the hill to the fire pit, right? We're going to go to Taiwan on. That's exactly what we're going to do. So we're, um, you know, it's always funny because we always have a good time there. We try to hike, we get outside. Um, but, you know, some of, I have some good memories of, fires up there with my in-laws with Carson and Brenna with her kids with everything else so it's funny we're making this pit bigger so we can get more people around it um which will you know it'll be fun when you have more and more people yeah up there. awesome bro uh, we were in the mountains too for Labor Day weekend just for a day and uh, we went tubing down the uh the French Broad River yeah and so I don't know if you remember last weekend the week prior it was like 110 degrees shoot actually it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was like 100 degrees in Hickory. But then all of a sudden, this cool front comes. And so for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the temperature dropped dramatically. And in Asheville, when we're going tubing, we had to be up there at 9 o'clock in the morning. It was 55 degrees outside, right? 55 degrees. And so everybody's like, shoot, Jennifer got in the car. She's wrapped up like she's going to Antarctica. She got like this puffy jacket on, long sweatpants. And I was like, you know, we're, we're – we're getting ready to get to two. We're not getting ready to go bobsledding. So you might want to check that outfit. But we get up there and luckily, luckily, the temperature, you know, the sun was shining and we we first get in the water. Again, this is we got up there at 930. Our, our two outing started at 10. And so it would kind of take your breath away when you got your feet in there. But once you start floating down the river and you're in it for a little bit, you kind of just forget about the temperature of the water and. And, you know, you've been on one of these little tube excursions. You can kind of like tie up in a group and they have these cooler tubes that you put in the in the middle of your circle and you just lay back in the tube for four hours and do nothing except talk and drink and listen to music. And by the time you get off the tube, you know, you've been in this position for four hours. You you don't really realize what you've been doing for the last four hours. But as soon as you put your feet in the water, you can barely stand up. A couple people toppled over. <laughs> oh, it almost got washed away by the rapids, but we won't, we won't make, we won't say any names, but it was uh, truly a fun, fun adventure. And so it lasted four hours. We were back in Hickory by shoot three 30, you know, so we got it done early in the morning, back in Hickory four o'clock. Anyway, it was, it was a blast. Uh, it was a real, were you with a big group? Yeah, we went with, a, I think it, it was 10 adults that we had planned to do this trip about a month a month ago, but there was flooding up there. And so the Zen tubing folks, they canceled our trip. And so they rescheduled it for uh, Sunday. And so we got it knocked out on Sunday. And it was it was quite the time, Hank, quite the time. Um, So any other interesting things on Labor Day weekend? Or that kind of wrapped it up, Taiwan on and... 
No, you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, we like to do a hike and there's this upper falls and lower falls hike off of 181. And we did that lower falls. And the last two times we've been there, there's been an ambulance there. The guy fell off one of the Whoa. falls, busted his head, had a concussion. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me how, uh, like kind of carefree people are when you get to these things like, Oh, I'm going over to the cliff or, Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to swim down this ravine. You know, they don't really think that they could right. get hurt. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see But the funny thing was, is that there are these rocks that these, these EMS guys had to walk down and there was probably 12 EMS guys walking down there. About eight of them fell <laughs> going down there. I was like, we're going, we're going to need to carry EMS up. What the world? Oh, that's but uh, no, it was uh, that was about the extent of it. But the other thing was, is my boy. If you didn't know, my boy is fish crazy yeah. right now. Loves to fish, loves it, and uh, that little age group loves to fish. So uh, we did we did some fishing while we were there, and it's uh, it was pretty good. He didn't catch anything. He he doesn't understand like the fact that you don't go out and catch twenty five fish when you go out there right. for an hour. You know, like you if you get a good fish, hey, that was a good right. day. One right. fish. So uh, I'm trying to uh gauge his patience on this stuff because it's uh it's it's not there yet anything else you got going on oh uh, that labor day weekend that about did it we played a little golf we oh one cool thing that we did and so i'm uh, a father of two beautiful girls and uh we've been looking forward to this movie called mulan for the last it was supposed to come out last march and then covid hit and so they postponed it postponed it postponed it and so uh we got the Disney Plus Network specifically so we could watch Mulan, right? And so I go to the Carolina mm -hmm. Theater, which is a little theater up the street that we like to support. They haven't been able to show, show movies, but they still sell their concessions. They got the best popcorn in town. So we go up there, buy a big tub of popcorn, get some slushies, get all kinds of candy, get ready for our big movie night with Mulan. We've been waiting for it. Yay, Mulan, here we go. We click on the Disney Plus. It said, in order to view Mulan, you must be a premium subscriber. And I'm like, come on, I just signed up for your network, right? So I just paid X amount of dollars. I am on your Disney Plus network. Now I have to be a premium subscriber. And so we're already like, we got our blankets on. We got all the lights off. I'm clicking around and Olivia is the genius in our house. So I was like, Olivia, I don't even know how you become a premium subscriber. I give her the remote control. She starts clicking around and she says, that's going to cost us 30 additional dollars to watch Mulan. 30 more after we just signed up for Disney Plus. But, you know, now I'm at the point where we've come too far to go back. Pay the 30. Let's watch the movie. And, I mean, anyway, that kind of broke my, my spirit a little bit. It, it, you know, they had millions of people do the same thing that I did. They signed up for Disney Plus not knowing you had to pay an additional 30 bucks to watch the movie. And every, I guess all the moms and dads were in the same spot because they sold like, I don't even know how many millions of dollars the opening weekend of Mulan. And so a bunch of suckers like me fell into the trap. But anyway, the, it was a really, it was a really good movie. The girls loved it. It's all, it's about, you know, a young, I'm not going to spoil it for y'all who are going to watch it, but you know, it's a young girl who says she, she can't do this and she proves a whole the whole country wrong. And so it was, it was very inspiring. So um, definitely check it out. But I would wait until December when you don't have to pay the $30 premium. You can just get it if you're just a standard Disney Plus customer. What a racket that is. 
Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and watch that four months from now for nine yeah, ninety. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of watching, Hank, many moons ago, you told me to check out this show on YouTube called Cobra Kai, right? So I never I never watched it. You know, I heard you you talked about it, and you know, we never really even talked about it on the show. Well, it didn't do very well on the paid YouTube channel, so Netflix picked it up for nothing, right? Netflix bought the rights to show it, put it on. I guess it's been on Netflix for about two weeks now. It is blowing records away because so many people are downloading and streaming this this uh, Cobra Kai show now. I mean, it's like the talk of the town. So I was like, dude, I'm gonna buy into the hype. I'm going to watch episode one within five minutes, dude. I am hooked, locked and loaded. The, um, the acting in it is so terrible, but the movie, if you're nostalgia, nostalgic and like the Karate Kid, you're going to love this. You're going to love this show because it's the real Daniel son and Johnny just now they're 40 years old. And it talks about with how, you know, their lives went in different directions. But anyway, phenomenal show thank you for uh telling me about it did you watch the whole season one i haven't watched the whole se- i have not watched the whole season and i'm actually getting ready to start about uh, watching it because i was talking to somebody about the yeah. other day but it is you know to to just are you how far I made you it through it? two the first two episodes you you really start to think and not just give anything away you really start to think that daniel larusso was an ass <laughs> You know, he might have been the problem. He might have been the problem, not Johnny. You know, maybe. maybe. It gets you thinking, Hank. It gets you thinking. That is for sure. So uh, anyway, I'm interested in, in watching the rest of it. I got my whole neighborhood into it now. Everybody's watching it. And we're going to, like, talk about it and stuff on Thursday night to get everybody's point of view about what they think about Cobra Kai. So anyway, thank you for and bringing that to the table. And uh, we'll talk about it further when we get through first the first season. Because there's already a season two. I, I don't know if you know this. And they just signed up. They just yeah, signed up yeah. on for season three. So this piece of trash show is going to keep on keeping on. And I'm going to enjoy every single minute of it. Hey, bring it, letting Ralph Macchio make another second That's career. right. That's right. Okay, Hank, well, we're coming to the conclusion of the show. We've got two fine segments that we know our audience loves to listen to. First, you know, it's, it's, it's number one in my heart. This is the one that we like to call Hank's Hierarchy. All right, so for Hank, here's, your, here's the situation, buddy. Let's say you are trapped in an airport. For 24 hours, there are six chain restaurants that you have the ability to eat at, you know, because the airport's mostly these chain restaurants, right? I want you to tell me from best to worst where you go, you know, first, where where you would prefer to eat. Let's go one through one, two, three, one through five, Hank, and tell me, you know, the reason this was your best or this is the, the worst. Okay. So here are your options. Okay. Six, uh, five, we'll go five chain restaurants. First on the list, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, Applebee's, O'Charlie's, and Outback. All right, Hank, let's rank them. You're in an airport. You're hungry as hell. You're stuck here for 24 hours. You only have these five chain restaurants to eat at. Tell me what is number one. Or you can start from the bottom if you like, whatever way you want to go. Okay, well, I'm going to start from the bottom because the bottom is the easiest. It's Red Lobster by far. 
Red Lobster. There's no way I'm going to a Red Lobster in an air. The only thing that is edible at a Red Lobster are those rolls. Have you ever had those cheddar, cheddar Bay rolls? biscuits, those Hank? Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yeah, those things are incredible. But I will not eat a single fish or lobster from Red Lobster in an airport. That <laughs> is, that is. I'm going to need to see a a, a lobster with headphones on walking through the. <laughs> later making his way to red lobster to make me feel like i want to eat one of those lobsters okay, uh, okay. so red lobster is number yes. five yes. okay i'll go i'll go number here six. Right? let me over. tell my five my five will be applebee's okay. applebee's the reason i'll say applebee's i worked at an applebee's for exactly three hours my sophomore year in high school when it first moved to hickory all my friends were like hey let's go get jobs let's get jobs but not not sophomore year. It was freshman year in college. Well, the summer we were home. Hey, let's get job as Applebee's. We go up there. You know, they start. Uh, you you're learning all the food, and they had something called a riblet. Right? It was a a, a riblet, a platter, and immediately, even though I would eat the heck out of a McRib, something about the name riblet platter. I couldn't take it anymore. I quit immediately. I left the job within the first three hours and left. Applebee's is my worst spot to eat. Number five for me. Riblet. That could be my fantasy football team name last year. Riblet Ladder. Just got quite the ring to it. Okay. Mine is going to be Applebee's because it wasn't, I could not work for an organization that makes it like, it pushes you to wear buttons and crap on your uniform. Didn't they do that a long oh, time yeah. ago? They would like they call it office. They space call it too. flare. Lots of flare. Yeah, they want flare. <laughs> Lots of flare. I cannot back an organization that would insist that their people put more flare on their yeah, uniform. Very nice. Understood there. Uh, my number four spot coming in hot is and actually i don't mind this place because it's food it's not that bad they have this sunday prime rib special that i've taken the girls up there to eat before they have pretty good desserts but the thing about that i can't get over when you walk in the door it is so dark in there like they, they don't turn the lights on in this place i'm talking about oh charlie's literally you can walk in and you bump into people because it is pitch black and turn the lights on in here. Let me see how to walk to the bathroom. Let me see how to walk to the bar, you know? Please help me out here. I don't need a flashlight when I'm going to a restaurant. Do you understand? Yeah. Right. I understand. That's why No Charlie's is coming in number three for me. They don't want you to see the dirt on the food. They don't want you to see, that, that, you know, how poorly it is put on the plate. I think that they do a, a terrible job. Um, because I don't think I've ever seen an advertisement with O'Charlie on it. I think the only time I see O'Charlie's is when I'm driving past it to go to someplace. So I don't think that there's any reason to go to O'Charlie. Uh, so that would be, uh, yeah, so you understand the lighting thing I'm talking about. It's, did it look very dark in there? I think, I, I think it is okay, very dark. Very good, thank you. Coming in at number three for me, it's the good old Italian restaurant that, you know, when you're really looking for good home Italian cooking, the first place you think of, what is it, Hank? It's Olive Garden. No, it's not, Hank. That is some fake Italian food if I've ever heard of any. However, I will go there and eat lunch. I will eat lunch because if you need a quick 
soup and salad, and they'll give you these long breadsticks, unlimited, right? And the breadsticks kind of are overrated. I'd much rather have the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits than the Olive Garden breadstick. However, I must put someone in the third hole. I'm going to place Olive Garden in my third spot. Well, I, I'm up two. You know, I'm going with number two here, and I'm going to put Olive Garden in my two spot, and I am just emotionally distress i am in emotional distress knowing that red lobster is in your top two so uh, i'll tell you olive garden is mine for the same reason that you said you would go eat lunch there you know that that salad and that breadsticks and maybe even that minestrone yeah. soup you know that'll be okay that'll be okay i'm not going there for the meat <laughs> sauce or you know I, I love it when you're sitting beside somebody and they're like hey can i get that spaghetti with the red gravy well you know that, they don't have the clientele that um, I uh, supports it. So I'm going with Olive Garden because at least you know you can get the salad breadsticks. And yeah, soup. can't go wrong there. Coming in my number two spot, you know, this is uh, this is the Australian. You got, might as well tell one. You might as well tell one. <laughs> well, we, okay, I'll just make it easy. Two out back for me, which is your number one. I'm coming in at number one, the one and only – Mr. Red Lobster himself, Hank. Mr. Red Lobster. It is funny. Uh, this would be everybody else's five, I'm sure. I'm 99% of the public would have Red Lobster as their last choice, but I have it on my list as the number one choice. Hank, I'll tell you why. All right, buddy. Have you ever been, you know, you don't, I, I like, I would rather eat like fish and seafood and stuff more than anything in the world. Granted, Red Lobster's probably not the best place to go for this type of food. However, when you're in a crunch, I'm in an airport. Y'all are looking for burgers. Y'all are looking for riblets. I'm looking for a little shrimp scampi, Hank. Maybe a little bit of clam chowder, Hank, or maybe a crab leg or two. So where do you go when you're in the airport? Chad East goes to Red Lobster and the Cheddar Bay. I'm starting up. I'm sorry to hear that. I I, I got to tell you, uh, if you are dependent on that for your seafood, you might as well. We we could just go ahead and uh, throw a catfish from Lake Hickory on a plate um, for you. Then, so I'm not I'm not down with that. My number one is Outback, and I'll tell you right now, they came out hot with the Australian theme. Came out hot and dug it. Everything on their menu dig it but if you can look me in the face look me in the yeah. face jetties and you can tell me that that blooming onion isn't one of the best things placed on this planet and that dipping sauce that they use is mm. gold it is like yeah. gold so if you can't tell me if you're on a crunch you want to be able to say hey i know i can get something good in there that blooming onion i'm going with that i'm going that direction if i have to get it red lobster at your number one if I'm flying with you, you might as well hold up in the bathroom, bro, because I can tell you, there's no telling what kind of parasite you got in your stomach at this point. My stomach is like an iron iron block. Nothing can penetrate it. But I do agree with you on that Outback uh, Bloomin' Onion. Yeah, there's probably three appetizers in the world that you know you got to eat, and that is one of them, and you got to just drown it in the sauce, drown it in the dipping sauce. Fantastic call, Hank. Gentlemen? Ladies, that wraps up Hank's hierarchy. If you're stuck in an airport and forced to eat from these five chain restaurants, 
what it will be. Hey, use this Hank's hierarchy. Go to your next dinner party and ask everybody at the party. It will stir up the conversation. I guarantee you that, Hank. Oh, I guarantee that. I guarantee is is that the the end of our hierarchy? Okay. Well, listen, people demanded rapid fire with Chad, and it's a segment that people have uh, grown to love. And so we didn't do it on the last one. So I kept my my questions. Okay, I kept these questions, and I want you to answer them, and I want you to answer them quickly. Okay, let's learn a little bit more about our our uh, B host here. Okay, people are tired of learning so much about me. They want to learn more about Chad. Okay. Let's go. Let's Let's go. Okay. What is the most fun thing someone could have in their backyard? A water slide. Wow. What if you were in the witness protection program? What would your nickname be? Snake eyes. (laughs) Have you ever been banned from somewhere public? I was banned from... (laughs) public library for 30 days having over two books in excess <laughs> excess of over two books. Applebee. applebee's in raleigh uh, what do you want written on your t- tombstone do not go gentle into that good night rage rage against the coming of the light i've used that one before yeah I- what is your go-to activity when you're bored? Oh, um, da, 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 da. I like pouring drinks. <laughs> okay, okay, that start is fun. If you want a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, what would you buy first? I would buy plane tickets for a hundred of my closest friends. Nope, I take that back. Not plane tickets. We're going to rent out a huge boat, a big cruise ship, and everybody just has to know the meeting spot where we're going to meet. And then for one week, everything is on the house. Let's party. You can bring your kids if you want or leave them with the grandparents, but we're going to have a party for one week on a big boat is what we'll do. And the boat will have a helicopter pad where if we need to get in the helicopter and travel somewhere else, we shall. Fantastic. Four more. Four more of these questions. Okay. If someone else's child was being annoying, would you tell them off? <laughs> the child or the parents? Both. <laughs> yes and yes. Okay. All right. Have you ever had a crush on a much older woman? Absolutely. Like a you know, teacher. Absolutely. Okay. Any, any teacher you're gonna uh, tell me Kelly about? Jarrett, fifth grade. Hank, I was had the biggest crush on her. My crush was so huge when we graduated from fifth grade. For two weeks, I am telling you, two solid weeks, my heart felt like it had lost something. I, I truly think that she was my first true love. I was in fifth grade, and she was, you know, she's a teacher. But I had just the mass, most massive crush on her. It's unbelievable. Two more. What seems delicious but tastes terrible? <laughs> Ooh. Besides, um, oh, God, Hank. Mm, seems delicious but tastes terrible. I would have to say there's some t- types of flavors of ice cream to me that do that fall into that category. Um, God, I'm going to have to pass. I cannot think of one right now. Okay, okay. What would be the funniest thing to fill a pinata with? 
headshot pictures of Hank Imer. As you hit the pinata, just all these different uh, headshots of Hank fall out all, all, all over the place. Sound good? <laughs> well, I, I think that that would be a pretty funny one. Good job, Chad. Ten questions really quick. You only had to pass on one. That's that's a, that's a big league ter- territory right Thank there. Thank you very much. Go. That was hard, too. Those are some excellent questions, too, Hank. Really keep me on my toes, if you will. Very nice. Very nice. Well, buddy, that wraps up another fantastic edition of The Big Fan. You know, next the next time we come together and we broadcast together, Hank, it will be our 50th. Our 50th episode. Maybe we should do something special. Maybe bring in an artist to perform a song. Um, Maybe bring in a juggler. Maybe bring in a magician. I don't know what we're going to do, but we will do something for the 50th edition. Oh, fantastic. I didn't know that. Time Time flies flies when you're having fun, Hank. Uh, Before we leave, just a big shout out. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I'll mention it here. We may talk about it in the future, but... The place where my my uh, our our band was kind of formed, and when we did our first gig called Bourbon Street uh, Alley, which is a ba- a bar that's right above uh, my neighborhood here, about five minutes from us, not even five minutes, three minutes from us, it closed down. I don't know what's going to take its place, but I'll tell you, I have been going into that place since I was a young boy because it's located across the street from where I work and where my dad worked when I was little and we'd get cheeseburgers. We do all kinds of fun stuff over there. Well, she shut down for the last time last Sunday. So I hope I wish the people that ran bourbon street, nothing but the best. I hope they find another great spot where they can continue uh, slinging cheap drinks, great drinks at very inexpensive prices and Paps blue ribbon, which I know you like Hank. They slang those for a dollar in there. Big fan. Yeah, so anyway, good luck to the Bourbon Street folks. We'll miss you a lot. That was the coolest place to go and just hang out and listen to music and even perform if you uh, were able. So anyway, much love to the Bourbon Street folks. Yes, thank you. And with that said, Hank, anything you want to add or we'll we'll call it a wrap? Nope, I think we're good. I, I can't wait to hear how late you stay out watching that first NFL game and I might pass you when I have to get up early in the morning. I'll be driving to pick up my guys. You're going to be headed home from the football game. So I can't wait to do that. Yeah, but good luck to you and your team. I hope you bring hope to gold. Actually, be very safe up there. Don't get lost or get mauled by a bear. It could happen. I don't want it to happen to you. Uh, And to all our listeners, um, have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the first weekend of NFL football. And we'll be back to speak with you in two weeks. And until then. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.